And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with miss attached to it. Bob, <laughs> listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. <laughs> I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ, and comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well, actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Honey Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the tantalizing Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Jim and Marianne Jordan star in a comedy episode of Fibber, McGee, and Molly from 1939. But first, Lisa Wolf Dillon is our lyricist for Learning the Lyrics. Lisa will read popular song lyrics, and I'll try to guess the name of the songs while you play along at home. Right, Lisa? That's right, Carl. So we're on the letter C, so I've chosen the Carpenter songs. Uh-huh. Because I'm a big fan. But Is it Ken Carpenter? Was he Ken a relative? Ken Carpenter was their... One of their relatives? Was their son. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so. Yeah, something like that. So, um... I'm quite familiar with the Carpenters. I don't know how you feel about it. I don't know too many Carpenters songs. Mike, what do you think? I think, I don't know, maybe you'll get all of these. Really? I I think the first and the second. All right. I'm not feeling the third. Let's see. All right, here's the first Carpenter song. Okay. Why do birds suddenly appear? Why do birds suddenly appear? Right, every time. Every time. You are near. <laughs> That's maybe why I didn't get a con- that could contract. That could yet. be it. Uh, every time. Just work on that a little bit. Yeah. You are near. I needed to start You are lower. near. Just I didn't, like me. I didn't pick the note. They long to be close to you. Ding, 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 ding. See, you know the carpenters. Birds suddenly appear. See, I need to start lower. Oh, maybe they can do that for you. I feel like knowing the band is going to be an advantage for you. Well, we're not going to do this anymore. Next week, it's no more band. It's back to the way it should be. (laughs) He doesn't like change. She, like, changes things up. Just insubordination, Mike. Yeah. It's insubordination. Don't you think you have better odds of getting them, then? No, but I don't want to. I want it to be more challenging. No, I think you need the little help. I, I, it's insubordination. <laughs> they long to be close to you. This is close to you, you by the Carpenters. You got it. No problem. On the day that you were born, the angels got together and decided to create a dream <laughs> I can't go. Do an octave lower. Golden star. An angel eyes are blue. If I do low, I'm okay. I got one. All right. That's good. You'll get the second one, too. I think the third one's your problem. All right. Okay. Ready? Mm -hmm. Talking to myself and feeling old. Sometimes I'd like to quit. Nothing ever seems to fit. 
Nothing ever seems to fit. Hanging around. Hanging around. Nothing to do but nothing frown. To do but fr- nothing to do but frown. It's the next line is the title. Uh-huh. And so I can't say that one. Yeah. What I've got, they used to call the blues. Nothing is really wrong. Feeling like I don't belong. Feeling like I don't belong. Walking around. Walking some kind of around. lonely clown. Some lonely clown. And then the next line. I don't know. Don't know that one? No, I don't know the Carpenters. Well, you do, but you know I the don't first know this. One. What okay, is it? Let's listen. Talking to myself and feeling old. The Carpenters shaped me. I have a strong affinity to that. Like <laughs> We're very close. What did they do? They shaped me. Oh, they shaped you? Mm-hmm. I thought you said they, they shaved you. I was like, <laughs> they use. What did they use? Uh, electric shape. Electric shape. <laughs> Always get There it is. Me Rainy days and Mondays is the title. You know when you think about it, like this song is, it's our childhood. That's right here, what right? I'm saying. You know, this means so much to me. That's not. Well, that's not what is that what you said or I that's said what I said? They shaped me. Okay. I'm like, I th- I hear this song and it takes me back to when I was seven. Me too. You know. Me too. What year did this come out? You know? I'm guess. I mean, it was the seventies. I don't know. I can look it up. I'm gonna guess like seventy. Rainy days and Mondays always get me down. That's crazy. I know. I remember That's hearing crazy. this a lot when I was a kid. Yeah. Wow. I mean, so when classic. you said it took you back to that age, I felt like maybe yeah, maybe I, I was eleven. I was like seven years old when maybe I was, I was twelve. It's nuts. Me. All right, let's get on to the next one okay. here. I got. I, I missed to, that one. I know. I just want to see when it came out. But rainy days know. and Mondays always okay, get me. Down. All right, here's your last Carpenter okay. song. Such a feeling's coming over me. Mm-hmm. There is wonder in most everything I see. Not a cloud in the sky. Got the sun in my eyes, and I won't be surprised if it's a dream. Everything I want the world to be is now coming true, especially for me. And the reason is clear. It's because you are here. You are the nearest thing to heaven that I've seen. I'm on the top of the world looking down on creation. Top of the world. The you got it. Impressive. What a voice I'm, I have, right? Yes, that's what I was thinking. Won't be surprised if it's a dream. She was amazing. Everything I want the world to be. Uh, Rainy Days and Mondays came out in 1971. 71? Mike wasn't born yet in 71. No, but I, when I was hearing this song, oh. I was probably around six. I mean, okay. they're still on the radio now. Uh, serious. Are you serious about it? I'm serious about serious. Down on creation Because I don't have a Nova I have Sirius in my time I can't find Is the love that I found Ever since you've been around Your love's put me On the top of the world Wow Good job right. Not bad Not bad Not, Not bad, bad. It's a lot right. of fun Thanks Lisa Wolf And Mike Bubblebath Costella when we come back, it's uh, a visit to 79 Wistful Vista for Faber, McGee, and Molly. So stay with us. In the leaves on the trees and the church of the breeze. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. 
Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Don't forget, you can get a lifetime podcast of this show, one-time cost, for the rest of the show's life. It'll be sent to you every Monday. You'll get the full Hollywood 360 five-hour show plus radio rarities sent right to your email. It's only 100 bucks, one-time cost only. You never pay again. And we will send you a coffee mug with our Hollywood 360 and Radio Rarities logos on it. You won't want to you won't want to drink coffee out of any other mug but that one, right That's Lisa? That's for sure. I'm telling you. Love it's that mug. It's a special mug and you can yeah. only get it by being a lifetime member. Right. You know, I put like, you know, um like the peace sign, I put that behind your head. You know, I like to have a little It will I, only I drew help. A little, it will like only a little help rabbit. the photo. I, I I drew rabbit ears. Behind rabbit your, ears. Rabbit, <laughs> I drew rabbit ears behind your head. I have a, no problem with that. <laughs> Go for it. All right, so if you want to uh, sign up for the Lifetime Podcast, you'll never miss a minute of our radio show. Just go to Hollywood360radio.com. It's all there. Or call our number and uh, talk to a live operator, 815-900-7535. That's 815 815- 900-7535. If the operator doesn't answer, just leave your return call, uh, your return number, and you will receive a call from our uh, live operator. All right. Time now for Fibber, McGee, and Molly, one of the most beloved comedy shows on radio. It premiered, are you ready for this, Lisa? 1935, lasted until 1959. That's a long, long time to be on the radio. I'm feeling that. (laughs) Incredibly long, yeah. And uh, they were a real-life husband and wife, Jim and Marianne Jordan. They played Fibber, McGee, and Molly. They lived at 79 Wistful Vista in Wistful Vista, USA. And it was just a great show, just a terrific show. This is an October 17, 1939 episode. It's autumn and the leaves are falling so Fibber needs to rake those leaves. Sponsored by Johnson's Wax. Here's part one of Fibber, McGee, and Molly. The Johnson Wax program with Fibber, McGee, and Molly. Makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Marion and Jim Jordan as Fibber McGee and Molly with Donald Novis, Bill Thompson, and Billy Mills Orchestra. The show opens with Fine and Dandy. 
Haven't you often noticed how important floors are to the appearance of a home? It is a fact that mellow, gleaming, waxed floors bring out the beauty of everything in the room, adding a rich charm that you can acquire in no other way. Throughout America, there are countless floors that have been made more beautiful every year with genuine Johnson's Wax. Every application of this famous wax polish gives increased protection and beauty. Johnson's Wax gets right down into the pores of the wood, seals out dirt, protects the finish against scuffing feet and sharp heels, and does away forever with tiresome floor scrubbing. There are more than 100 labor-saving uses for Johnson's Wax in your home. It protects and beautifies furniture and woodwork, windowsills, parchment lampshades, leather goods. You'll find these extra uses listed on the familiar red and yellow package of genuine Johnson's Wax paste or liquid. Try some tomorrow. When the frost is on the pumpkin and the fodder's in the shock, when the squirrels are hiding peanuts under every log and rock, when mince pie returns to menus and the stores dust off the holly, here's autumn, here's October, and here's F. McGee and Molly. McGee, look at those leaves out there on the front lawn. Why, it's disgraceful. I thought you were going to rake them up today. Oh, what's the hurry, Molly? It took them seven months to fall down. I guess they can wait an hour to be raked up. <laughs> well, now I tell you, Mr. Gildersleeve next door has been complaining. Oh, that guy. He said our leaves keep blowing over in his yard. Well, what am I supposed to do? Arrange for the wind to blow down some other street? Shucks, I can't control well, the Well, the fact remains, McGee. You promised to rake up those leaves today. Can't do it, Molly. Not today. Why not? The rake's busted. <laughs> Who busted it? Oh, well, it ain't exactly busted. <laughs> Matter of fact, I used the handle to put up a trapeze in the garage. <laughs> and you know what, Molly? I chinned myself nine times this morning oh. without taking my hand. Well, if you think you're going to chin yourself out of raking up those leaves, you're better. Come in. Mr. and Mrs. McGee? Yes? Did you read The Grapes of Wrath? <laughs> what if we did, bud? Who are you? Oh, just one of the bunch. Wow! <laughs> Of all the silly... Say, I hear one of the moving picture companies has bought that book, McGee. Oh, if they don't work faster on that than they did on Gone with the Wind, they'll have to call it the Raisins of Zanuck. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're off the subject again, dearie. What subject? Raking up the leaves. Oh, that's okay. I was tired of it anyway. (laughs) McGee, I believe you're just plain lazy. Oh, you wrong me, Mrs. McGee. Physical activity in itself ain't important. Oh, it isn't? Why, no. A rooster can strut around flapping his wings and crowing, but it's the quiet little hen sitting around all day who really produces. (laughs) Well, now, if you can sit there and hatch out some way to get those leaves raked up without a hole. Come in. Oh, it's Mr. Gildersleeve. Oh, hi, Gil. What can I do for you? You can keep your old dead leaves on your own front lawn, McGee. That's what you can do for me. Oh, is that so? 
What do you want me to do, run out and lay a paperweight on every leaf? Don't be ridiculous. I realize you can't keep the leaves from falling off the tree. Oh, you admit that? Yes, I do. Oh, you do? Yes, I do. Oh, gentlemen, gentlemen. I don't think it's worth quarreling about. Well, I do, Mrs. McGee. So do I, Molly. Come on, Gildersleeve, let's quarrel. All right. Now look here, McGee. Why don't you do as the rest of the homeowners in this block do? Ah. Keep your lawn raked up. Every time I clean my lawn, the next morning I find your leaves have blown it over again. Well, so what? Am I a truant officer for dead leaves? A traffic cop for tired foliage? <laughs> That's not the point, McGee. Furthermore, I don't like your attitude. Oh, you don't. And how would you describe my attitude? Sitting down gently. I think your attitude is definitely antagonistic. Oh, you're too fussy, Gildersleeve. Yes, I am fussy. Well, I take a great deal of pride in the appearance of my property, McGee. Well, I can understand that, but do we complain because your lilac bushes smell up the whole neighborhood? <laughs> no. You mind your yard and we'll mind our yard. Well, why don't you then? Well, I, uh, uh well, I like leaves flying around loose, that's why. More informal. I ain't one to interfere with nature. I suppose I interfere with nature. Well, I heard a rumor one day that you gave your morning glories a balling out for opening up ten minutes late. <laughs> please, gentlemen, please. This is no way for good neighbors to talk. Ah, we ain't good neighbors. We're enemies. Ain't we, Gildersleeve? Yes, we are. You betcha. The best of enemies. <laughs> you think I'm a stuffed shirt and I think you're a gabby little good-for-nothing runt. There, you see, Molly? You don't find me and Gildersleeve indulging in no sentimental hands-across-the-back-fence drivel. Mrs. McGee, your husband is impossible. I am not. I may be a little improbable, but I ain't impossible. Well, I think I can assure you, Mr. Gildersleeve, that our yard will be raked up today, sure. Ah, uh, thank you. Incidentally, Gildersleeve, uh, you got a rake I can borrow? I have a rake, but I'm using it oh. to take your leaves from my yard. And I'm dumping them all back over the hedge onto your lawn. My leaves, eh? Yes, your leaves. You admit they're mine, eh? Admit it? Of course I admit it. Okay, then I warn you, Gildersleeve. I'm very proud of them leaves. And if I find any of them damaged when you send them back... Oh! I'll... <laughs> you know, I kind of like that guy, Molly. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't get to know him sooner. Think of the swell arguments we've missed. Say, aren't you ashamed, dearie? Huh? You should try and keep on good terms with your neighbors. You don't get far without friends, you know. Well, you don't have much excitement without enemies either. But maybe you're right. I'll call up Mrs. Uppington and see if she's got a rake I can borrow. Hand me the phone. Here. Thanks. Hello, operator. Give me Wistful Vista 670... Oh, is that you, Mert? Fibber <laughs> McGee. Give me Mrs. Uppington. Oh, the line's busy, eh? Well, how's everything, Mert? Oh, my. Huh? Who? Your sister, eh? Got pinched, eh? Heavenly day. What? What's say, Mert? Well, she was bound to get caught sooner or later. Did you get her out? Oh. Huh? Oh, I see. No, I won't say anything about it. Okay, Mert. What do you know about that, Molly? What happened? Mert's sister had on one of them new bustle dresses and got pinched going through a revolving door. <laughs> Well, this isn't getting the leaves raked up. Huh? Oh, yeah, the leaves. Well, I'll run over to Uppingdon's and borrow a rake. I'll be right back, Molly. I better go with you. Why, Molly, do, do you think I'd try to evade raking up them leaves? Don't you trust me? 
yes, I guess I do, dearie. Well, you better come anyway. I don't trust myself. Let's go. When the wind blows, the leaves will all fall, and I will be raking, raking, all fall. Don't rake so hard, Mickey. You're tearing up the grass. Okay, all right. Hello there, Johnny. Hello, daughter. How you fixed for cider? Only 60 cents a gallon. Nothing like it to liven you up at a Halloween party. Matter of fact, there's nothing like it to liven you up. <laughs> In other words, there's nothing like it. <laughs> no, thank you, Mr. Oldtimer. I don't believe we want any. Hey! She says we don't want any, Oldtimer. Besides, I swore off that stuff. Not only sneaks up on you, it follows you around for four days. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, Johnny But that ain't the way I heard it <laughs> The way I heard it One feller says to t'other feller Say, says Have you seen them new automobiles With a bed built in the back seat? Have I, says t'other feller I ain't only seen them I just got my wife a job as chambermaid In the parking lot <laughs> Well, sorry you don't want any cider, kids. It's good for what oils you, or ails you. <laughs> All right, that's the first portion of Fibber McGee and Molly. He was a fibber, that Fibber McGee, wasn't he? He sure was. <laughs> You're a fibber. October 17th, 1939. Going back to 1939. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, Lisa, name, can you name one movie, just one, that came out in 1939? Any uh, movie. Like Casablanca? You, no, uh, that's what goes later. I don't know. Uh, I'll give you three. Okay. Wizard of Oz. Okay. Gone with the Wind. Oh, I kind of knew that. Of Mice and Men. Really? All three of those movies came out in 1939. Yeah, I didn't even have to look that up. I knew it really? at the top of my noggin. Hmm. Right off the top and top of the noggin. You got some numbers stored up in there. Yep. <laughs> McGee. Crammed in there. <laughs> they are all jammed and crammed in there. It's not it's not a pretty picture. No, it's a little chaos. It's really you don't want to be up there. No, no I do not. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. No, thanks. All right, we'll be right back. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All righty, this is Hollywood 360. Thank you for listening to our show. 
We uh, we do this five hour program every single week. Mike Bubble Bath Costella, best engineer and producer director on the face of the earth. Huh? What do you think of that, Mike? Thank you. Huh? Here's another applause for you. Lisa Wolf. Eh. Eh. You know. Pretty darn good. You got to do what you got to do. You're pretty darn good, Lisa. <laughs> I'll give it to you. You are, um, on a rating of 1 to 10, you are a 10. Pretty, How's that? pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. good. Me? But she's got really, really cool, expensive glasses to oh, drive. Oh, she does. Oh, yes, I do. She uses one pair on her way to wherever she's going and the other pair on her way back. That's right. Because you can't That's have the same look it gets, each. I get bored. Yeah, I like you to change things up, same as you know. <laughs> in her in her in her in her Bentley. <laughs> yeah. Her, With my driver, you or know. Or her Maybach. <laughs> Either one. Um and I'm driving a seventy four Nova. I know. I should start driving us to Why the don't radio you, station. You've got no, what, I'm... two Bentleys and a Maybach and then a Porsche? I'll t- I'll take the Porsche. I'll take I which one. I use a bicycle. What can, what like for like I uh, have the Panama forty year old virgin. He just, remember the forty year old. Oh, of course, and, yes, she, and he's like, bike. "Well, I'll pick you up on my bike." She, she's like, "Oh, I love motorcycles." Yeah, he's like, no, he's a no, bi- a bicycle. bicycle. Yeah, <laughs> that is such a funny movie. So oh, funny! Oh my gosh, Steve Carell. I love that guy. Still the f- funniest. Yeah. Uh, at least I give you a ten. One out of ten, you're a ten. Wow, Carl. Yeah, 10. I wish I could say the same for you. I know, but I'll take like keep working any pa- at it. What's a passing grade? One to ten, six, or is yeah, that fair? No, I'll give you an eight. An eight? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow, I'll take an eight. Uh, you know, I'll a take pretty, an eight. Pretty good, a work in progress, but pretty good. I will take an eight whenever I can get it. Eight, eight point one. Wow, eight point one. Eight point one is better. my number for today. Wow, thanks. You know that's a low B, right, Carl? I'll yeah, take it. It's right. a passing it's a grade. B minus is right. When I was in school, it's like <laughs> if the teacher was like, "Well, you passed," I'd be like, "Woo, woo, woo, woo!" <laughs> you took up space. I passed. I passed. <laughs> I. I passed. I passed. That's what I would say. You know? um, that sound and effect that was sound. a cash register. Yeah. Ka-ching. Ka-ching. I passed. Oh, okay. Got it? Okay. No, it yeah, doesn't make sense to me. Anyway, um, so I have a passing grade. Yes, you do. We're listening to Fibber, McGee, and Molly, October 17th, 1939, Lisa. And you know, you heard Hal Perry in this as the Rock Morton P. Gildersleeve. And we played a Gildersleeve episode earlier. And this is the series he was on. And uh, two years later, in 1941, they spun him out into his own series, The Great Gildersleeve. So uh, a lot of uh, a lot of fun to hear that. All right, let's get back to Fibber, McGee, and Molly. That old fossil. I'd like to meet that guy outside some bright night, Molly. Why, McGee? Well, I think ruins are much prettier by moonlight. Come <laughs> on side there, Mrs. McGee. You bother me. Oh, Look up there, McGee. Huh? There goes a flock of geese flying south for the winter. Oh, describe them to me, Molly. I'm too busy raking. <laughs> Never mind. But I wonder how it is that the geese always know which way is south. That's easy. They follow the robins. Oh. How do the robins know? They look back and see the geese. <laughs> Don't you get it, Molly? I said, oh, oh, look. Here comes Harlow Wilcox. I wonder what he wants. You know very well what he wants. He wants to sneak in some advertising. Let's cross him up. Okay, McGee. Every time he starts selling, we'll change the subject. Okay. Well, hello there, Mr. Wilcox. Hello, Molly. Hello, Fibber. Cleaning up the lawn, eh? You betcha, Harlow. And speaking of lawns, did you know that the trapdoor spider conceals his nest so cleverly that sometimes he can't even find it himself? 
Can't find his own home, eh? Yeah. Well, that's what he gets for hiding it. Maybe he's ashamed of it. I think people should be proud of their homes. And if everybody used Johnson's wax to beautify and protect their floors... Say, they... uh, speaking of pride, Mr. Wilcox, did you know that in some parts of Africa it is still a matter of pride with the natives to eat their enemies? Oh, cannibalism. Oh, there's some of that in this country, too. People are eaten here every day. What? Why, sure. Eaten by envy when they see how their friends' homes are kept so shining and clean with such a minimum of effort with Johnson's Wax. Why do you... Which reminds me, Harlow, did you know that in thinking, the human mind throws off a definite electrical charge? Is that so? Positive or negative? Well, uh, we... Well, the reason I asked is that a thought about wood floors and furniture would positively be negative on anything but Johnson's Wax. Because it's the finest protective wax that money can buy, you see. Ain't he terrific, folks? <laughs> that guy finds more openings than a marble in a fishnet. How about giving me a hand raking up these leaves, Harlow? Oh, sorry, pal. I haven't got time. But I'm glad to see you doing it. Because I think the outside of a house should be just as attractive and beautiful as the inside. And if Johnson's wax were... Oh, excuse me. Here comes my bus. I'll see you later, folks. <laughs> I wish you were as interested in your work as he is in his, McGee. Well, any guy with that much faith in his product ought to be testing parachutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good thing you're not. Why? You'd probably land right here in the yard right on your dead leaves. Oh, there, McGee. I'm glad to see you're finally raking those leaves up. Listen, Gildersleeve. Let's you and me play Stanley and Livingston. Uh, Stanley and Livingston? Yeah, only with a new twist. Let's pretend we never discovered each other. <laughs> oh, McGee, please. That's all right, Mrs. McGee. If that's the way he wants it. I merely saw him waking up these leaves, so I came over to bury the hatchet. Oh, skip it, Gildersleeve. When a guy wants to bury the hatchet, he usually has got an axe to grind. <laughs> now go away and let me work, will you? Oh, come, come, boys. After all, we're neighbors, you know. Well, Chuck. My, my, all this fuss over a pile of dead leaves. There'll be no dead leaves on his family tree. It's too sappy. Oh, yeah. And there's a cuckoo nest someplace in yours, too. Is that so? Yes, that's so. M McGee, I didn't like that remark. <laughs> I don't think I like you either. <laughs> I know I don't like your face. Oh, yeah. Uh, you want to make something of it? I'm too old for Halloween parties or I'd like to make a mask of it. <laughs> Good day, McGee. That guy kills me, Mark. <laughs> well, that's the first bit of foresight you've shown for a long time, dearie. Oh, I'm just kidding him. Hey there, little girl. Quit playing in that pile of leaves. I just raked them up. Well, gee, I'm just going to look for some pretty leaves, I betcha. Oh, oh. You are, eh? Hmm? I says you are, eh? Are what? Going to look for some pretty leaves. Gee, that's a dandy idea. I guess I will, too. <laughs> Well, you were the one... Oh, 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 oh I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, sis, run along home and don't bother me. I got all these leaves to rake up. Say, mister, what makes leaves turn all different colors like this? What does? Why don't they stay green all the time? Well, they're only green in the spring and summer, sis. They always turn red in the fall. Why? That ratted how should I in a... Well... <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, sis. You know what a stop-and-go sign is? Sure I do, I betcha. Well, leaves are nature's stop-and-go signs. Oh. Um... Yeah. You see, sis, in the spring, the leaves are green, and that means go. Um... So the snow goes, and the cold goes, and little girls go out and play. Oh, gee. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then in the fall, the leaves turn red. That means stop. Stop and put on your mittens. Stop vacation from school. Stop and look for Santa Claus. Oh. <laughs> oh, goody. <laughs> you get the idea, sis? No. Hmm. <laughs> well, what's the matter? Don't you understand? Yes, but I bet you you don't, I bet you. Huh? The real reason the leaves turn red in the fall is that... Subsequent to the autumn equinox, the diminishing power of the solar rays is inadequate to supply the necessary chlorophyll to the foliage, thus resulting in the phenomenon familiar to us all of brilliant coloration. <laughs> so don't give me any of that malarkey about stop and go like. <laughs> Folks, Donald Novus gives us an old favorite of his and ours and yours, Diane. Take it, Don. I'm in heaven when I see you smile, smile for me, my Diane. And though everything's dark all the while, I can see you, Diane. You have lighted the road leading home. Pray for me when you can. And wherever my darling I raking those leaves, dearie. I think there's a bit of a wind coming up. Okay. When I get all these leaves piled up and burned, Molly, you know what I'm going to do? What? I'm going to lean the rake up against the hedge with its teeth snarling into Gildersleeve's window. <laughs> Just to remind him that he... Well, for scream's sake, Fizzer. What in the name of For the Love of Mike are you doing laboring with manual? <laughs> Hello, Mr. DeSopolis. Oh, hi, Nick. Oh, I'm just raking up these leaves. You'll excuse me if I go right on working. We're afraid the wind will come up before I get through. Oh, that's huckly-duckly, Fisher. 
And speaking of wind, I'm reading an awfully sweet little stories last night in a book by a man named Egypt who was always writing a lot of fables. Oh, <laughs> I think you mean uh, Aesop who wrote the fables. I think I do too. <laughs> anyway, this story is being all about the north wind and the sun. And in the book, they are both able to talk, which is not true in the real life. Though if the son could talk, he would probably get off some hot stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean, and if you don't, neither of us is missing much. Maybe you better tell us later, Nick. I gotta get these leaves raked up. Before... Oh, you don't bother me, Fizzer. I can tell you just as if you were loafing as usual. <clears throat> well, sir, it seems that the wind and the sun were having an argument about who is having the most strong personalities. So they are deciding to take turns to make a traveling man take off his coat. The north wind is blowing and blowing with a huff and a poof. And the man is only buttoning his coat all the more tighter. And then the sun is yes, trying... Yes, yes, we know, and... Nick. The sun got hotter and hotter, and finally the guy took off his coat, and the sun won the bet. So what? Well, so it is all going to prove a little fact which is full of philosophy, poor Fizzer. And the model of the story is being... Arguments is being won by brightness, not by being a blowhard... <laughs> say, hey. say, I, I think there is a windy breeze coming up. I better go raise the awning on my candy kitchen. Well, so long, Cupid, so long, Fizzer. Heavenly days, McGee, the wind is getting stronger. That dreaded ain't that just my luck. And here I am on my last pile of leaves. Oh, oh dear. dear, there they go, McGee. I'm going to run in the house and close the window. You better hurry, Molly. It looks like a hurricane. Hey! Hey, get that chair off Quite a blow, wasn't it, dearie? What did you want? Look at this lawn. Am I the sap? What did I rake my arms off for? Heavenly days, there isn't a leaf left, is there? Oh, no, not here. <laughs> Look over at Gildersleeve's yard. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> They're piled up three feet deep. <laughs> McGee! Now look here, McGee. Oh, 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 the voice of experience. I've had about enough of this nonsense. Look at those leaves of yours on my lawn. Oh, well, what are you going to do about it, Gildersleeve? Have me pinched for blowing up a 40-mile gale in a 20-mile zone? <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. But you could have raked those leaves up sooner. Oh. Look at my lawn. It's disgraceful. I'm going to see my lawyer about this, McGee. I'll take this to the United States Supreme Court. Well, the fallen leaves is unconstitutional. Maybe we don't... Oh, how do you do, Mrs. McGee? And Mr. McGee? Oh, how do you do, Mrs. Uppington? Hi, Uppy. <laughs> May, that was quite a stormy head, wasn't it? Almost a tycoon. Foon. Pardon me? Foon, Mrs. Uppington. Typhoon. Yes, a tycoon is a big businessman. <laughs> like me. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, yes, of course. Well, I suppose one big bag of wind is just the same as... <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, very good. <laughs> Oh, pardon me, Mrs. Leffingwell, how rude of me. Uh, Mrs. McGee, may I present Mrs. Leffingwell? Uh, how do you do? How do you do, I'm sure. And uh, Mr. McGee, Mrs. Leffingwell. How do you do? How do you do? And Mrs. Uppington, this is Mr. Gildersleeve. Oh, how do you do? How do you do? Uh, Mrs. Leffingwell, Mr. Gildersleeve. How do you do? How do you do? <laughs> this is a pretty how do you do, ain't it, folks? <laughs> you say your name is Leffingwell, sis? Yes, Mrs. Wentworth Leffingwell. Oh, well, it's nice to know you, Lefty. 
Are you a pal of Uppies? Well, you might say so, Mr. McGee. I'm working with Mrs. Uppington on a committee. Oh, how cozy. <laughs> now, won't uh, you ladies come in and have a cup of coffee? Oh, uh, thank you, no, Mrs. McGee. Uh, some other time, Mrs. McGee. I will, Mrs. McGee. She didn't ask you, Gildersleeve. <laughs> Nice of you to ask us, Mr. McGee, but really, this is more or less in the nature of a business call. Oh, okay, Uppy, here's your rake. I'd have brung it back if you'd have waited. Oh, I was not referring to the rake, Mr. McGee. Mrs. Livingwell and I are on the Better Homes and Gardens Committee of the Ladies' Club. Oh, yes, yes, the Ladies' Club. I believe my wife has spoken Quiet, about it. Quiet, Gildersleeve. Quiet, yeah. <laughs> Better Homes and Gardens, eh, Uppy? Well, if it's advice you're looking for, you come to the right place. I always was quite a hand with trees and flowers. And leaves. <laughs> yes, sir, I mind one time years ago, I had me one of the finest prune orchards in the country. Oh, not really. Fancy that. Yep, fancy prunes, too. <laughs> My prunes were so big, they whipped every other grower at the state fair. Prune Whip McGee, I was known as in them days. <laughs> Prune Whip McGee, the pinnacle of perfection as a producer of prunes, peaches, pears, and pomegranates, proudly picking, packing, and purveying them to persnickety people who are pleased as punch to pay a pretty penny to possess such priceless packages of palatable products, and personally publicized as the premier paragon of the planter's profession from the pleasant parks of old Peoria to the, pardon me, girls, does all this bore you? <laughs> I'm sure it didn't bore us a bit, Mr. McGee. Uh, did it, Hildegard? Oh, very little, if any. <laughs> well, it bored me. Oh, well, you're too easily bored, Gildersleeve. A woodpecker could have fun with you. <laughs> Is that so? Oh, yes. now, now, gentlemen. As I remarked before, our club's Better Homes and Gardens Committee have been making a survey to see who had the best kept lawn. And of all the lawns in the neighborhood, Mr. McGee, yours is by far the neatest. Here's... Now, listen here, ladies. You... Hey, wait a minute. The committee has the floor, Gildersleeve. Oh, thank you. And so, Mr. McGee, we are happy to present you with this silver plaque for the best kept lawn in wistful vista. Oh, my. Well, thanks. <laughs> Will you have your coffee now, Mr. Gildersleeve? Hey! <laughs> Hey, Molly, did you see that invitation we got to the NBC Halloween party? No, I didn't. Who's going to be there? Oh, everybody. Me and Bob Hope are handling the entertainment. Oh, do you get paid? Oh, just a nominal sum. They get me for peanuts and Bob for apples. Oh. <clears throat> Good night. Bob for apples. Good night, all. <laughs> This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's self-polishing glow coat, Racine, Wisconsin, inviting you all to be with us again next week at this same time. Good night. The selection comes love is from Yoko Boy. This is the National Broadcasting Company. All righty then. That's Feber McGee and Molly, October 17th. 1939, starring Jim and Marion Jordan, along with uh, Donald Novus, Harold Perry, Bill Thompson, Isabel Randolph, eh, Mr. McGee. She was like, a, right? 
Can you imagine, do you think she's doing a voice? I don't think she really sounds like that, right? Right. Isabel Randolph. Nobody sounds like that. But she does use her voice, you know, up and down. Right. Frank Nelson and uh, the great Harlow Wilcox doing the announcing. And we, we, Lisa and I have said this for years and years. Mm -hmm. Harlow. If Love I it. if I had an if I ever get a dog <laughs> oh a dog I thought you were gonna say a baby no I'm I'm done with babies oh, okay. I'm not, I'm 60 years old I'm not having any more babies but if I did I would name it Harlow me too and if I had a dog I'd name him Harlow I want a girl named Harlow I think that's awesome you, you want a, a you want a a girl a girl a child <laughs> you want a, you want another baby sure h a r l o harlow harlow without the w all right fibber mcgee and molly <laughs> sponsored by johnson's wax all right time for this month in music history this is our final song going back to 1960 oh that's i just love it and such dear i mean so many people have recorded the Mac knife. the Knife, who was composed. But that's in, Bobby Darren. This is Bobby Darren in 1960, composed in 1928 for the Three wow. Penny Opera. Although so and many have covered this song, so many artists. Early White. But this is the number one hit for Bobby Darren. Mm-hmm. I was not familiar with this song until Scarlet Billows. Really? Oh, it's great. All right, thanks, Lisa. Sure. More of Hollywood 360 after this. So there's never, never a trace of More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All right, join us next week when, by popular demand, we'll have another visit with Tony Moore, son of radio actor Gerald Moore. Talk about his career as an author and a judge. And we'll present five radio shows that his father appeared in. The Adventures of Philip Marlowe, Suspense, Rogue's Gallery, The Damon Runyon Theater, and The Whistler. Sound like fun, Lisa Wolf? I will be here with you. All right. On. Be sure to visit our official website, Hollywood360radio.com. For my co-host, Lisa Wolf, our executive producer, Mike Bubblebath-Costella, this is Carl Amari saying stay safe. We'll see you next week. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.